Welcome to Behold, a podcast for women longing to live a life worthy of the call they have received. I'm Christy Horsch, and this is episode 126. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to another episode of Behold. I am so grateful that you're here with me today. It probably comes as no surprise to you that I teach my daughters how to manage their minds. I have six daughters. My oldest is about to be 15, and then I have a 12-year-old, nine, almost seven, four, and just about 20 months. I'm teaching them all to manage their minds. So today is going to start a three-part series on teaching kids to take their thoughts captive for Christ. Let's start with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Come Holy Spirit, come and fill our minds and the minds of those we love. Help us all to root our thoughts in your truth. Help us to recognize when our thoughts are from the world, from the enemy, and not from you. Help us to see that you have created us with a purpose, with a mission. And that mission is to know and love and serve you. And that we can live that fully out through our will, through our free will, when we walk with your will in our minds. When our thoughts reflect you, then we can match our free will to your will. When our thoughts reflect you, we will find so much more peace and joy. We ask you to help us to see, to see our thoughts and to model this for our children. We ask you to be with them and help us on this journey. Plus all the women listening to this podcast today, bless all of their children. Thank you. Thank you for illuminating this and teaching us, teaching us all to take our thoughts captive for you. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, as you heard me say, I have a wide age range of kids in my house. This means lots of opportunities for me to adjust the mindset work that I teach you to fit the developmental stages of the kids in my house. And you might be wondering, why teach thought work to kids? First, because almost everyone I work with, myself included, learns these tools and wonder, where has this been all my life? I could have saved myself a lot of heartache or growing pains if I had recognized that my thoughts lead to my emotions, my emotions elicit a response, and my response gets me my outcome. Now, I'm grateful for the life I've lived. God led me to this work when he knew I was ready. But because he led me to it when he did, I now have the tools to teach my children. And today, I'm going to share a little about that with you. And we're going to start today with the littles, the four and under crowd. At this point, we aren't really talking about thoughts. We're meeting with them where they are. There are a lot of big emotions at this age. If you've been following the podcast, you know that most people are afraid of feeling. They resist their feelings. Babies, toddlers, preschoolers, they don't resist. They don't resist their emotions. They feel them in a very big way. My husband sent me like a a reel the other day of a parent carrying a screaming child out of a building. And it said, 
Everyone has a silent battle that they're fighting every day, except parents of toddlers. Everyone hears their battles. <clears throat> and I had to laugh. My little girls have big emotions and they are fiercely independent and determined. And I love that about them. But big emotions can be a lot for any parent to deal with. A screaming child will put us into a stress state just about every time. It's, an, it's assaultive to our senses. So when teaching littles in this age to manage their minds, we have to start by managing our own. When we're in a stress state, it means we're in that place of fight or flight or freeze or fawn. You've probably heard of fight and flight and freeze, but you might not have heard of fawn. Fawning is when you try to do whatever you can to make it better. For example, the two-year-old starts screaming in the store. So you say, here, honey, have a chocolate bar or have two or have whatever you want. Just stop. This is, this is fawning. If you're in a stress response, it makes it very difficult for you to problem solve and you're not going to problem solve well. You're not going to be thinking clearly. It's going to be difficult for you to regulate your emotions, let alone working with your child on theirs. So the first thing we can do is we can calm our nervous system. I talk a little bit more about this in episode 103. We can take a deep breath and remind ourselves that we're safe. We can touch our skin, just rubbing our hands together or on our arms, touch your cheek. It releases oxytocin in the brain. We can also put our hand on our chest, take deep breaths. This allows us to help calm ourselves in the moment. And once we're calm, we can see that our littles might need something similar. Our little that's screaming is quite possibly in a stress state too. Just like we can't think clearly or problem solve when we're in a stress state, neither can our little ones. This is not the time for showing them logic or trying to reason with them. They have to be out of that stress state to do that. So we can do a few things. We can give them space to get it all out. We can encourage them to feel their feelings, but sometimes those feelings come out in a disruptive way. We can separate them to a quiet space. We can allow them to have those big feelings in a safe way there. For example, if a child is throwing a fit, you can put them in the bedroom and tell them, it's okay that you're having these big feelings. And when you're done having those in a few minutes, then we can come back out and we can talk about it. Depending on the situation, you might also um, just try to calm the stress response. You can try a little bit of skin to skin contact, rubbing their arms, maybe if they're in shorts, rubbing their legs, um, holding their hand, giving them that big, tight squeeze, telling them, whispering in their ear, you're safe. You are safe. Okay. This usually takes the edge off of a fit. And then once they do that, they can kind of rest, finish up the emotion, calm down a little, then we can talk. <clears throat> I try not to punish kids at this age for showing their feelings. Yes, I will separate them, which some might think, oh, well, that's just a timeout. But I tell them that they need to come and feel this in the other room. <clears throat> I don't want them to think that it's bad to feel, but I also don't want them to think that it's okay for their feelings to disrupt our entire home. Now, a quick note about whining versus big feelings. Kids at this age can be really whiny. Just like every action, a thought and emotion have preceded the whining. But usually whining isn't as much of a stress response. So if kids are whining, I will ask them to stop and use their normal voice. 
I'll model and explain what I mean by a normal voice and that a whiny voice means that they must be tired. If they continue to whine, I calmly will tell them whiny babies or whiny kids go to bed. And then I take them to their bed. And my kids learn this very early on. They still whine. They absolutely still whine. But they know exactly what's going to happen when they do. When they're ready to stop whining, they can get out of bed. With kids of all ages, when big emotions come up, I also look to see if their needs are being met. Are they tired? Are they hungry? Are they thirsty? Do they need attention? Once they've calmed down from the initial fit, we can remedy these other things fairly quickly. Remember, kids four and under, they're really learning how to communicate. And so rather than just saying, I'm hungry, sometimes they throw a fit. So for example, if I notice every day around four o'clock, someone's throwing a fit, I might need to implement a snack time or maybe implement, we'd all drink some water at this time to make sure that she isn't getting too hungry or thirsty. If someone needs a little attention, maybe we just need to read a quick book together or have a hug or have that kid help, help me with whatever I'm working on. And of course, you know, she might just need a nap, get a little extra sleep. When it comes to littles and regulating big emotions, I also love the phrase, just add water. By giving them a drink or a bath or even just washing their hands, it can turn the day around. Water has a calming effect on little ones. And actually it does on us too. Think about taking a hot shower or a bath or just a big glass of water can really turn our days around as well. Of course, every home is different and things in your home are going to look different than they look in mine. I've been doing this with my now four-year-old for most of her life. There are seasons I do this better than others, but because I have spent the time teaching her how to calm her nervous system, I'm starting to see her occasionally do it herself. I've seen her start to throw a fit and take herself into another room. I've seen her rub her arms when she's upset. I've whispered, you are safe, and she repeats it back to me as she breathes deeply. She's still four. She still has lots of big and loud emotions, but she's learning. Even if she doesn't realize it, she's learning that she has the ability to control those emotions. And of course, I have to model what this looks like in my own life. If I'm angry or sad or scared or tired or hungry, how do I respond? Interesting when a little, interestingly, when a little one throws a fit, we often think she shouldn't be doing that. When we think that, we have an emotion of frustration. And from that frustration, we yell. Our outcome then is that we've joined into the fit. We've modeled that yelling is a normal reaction to the emotion of frustration. In the last episode of the podcast, we talked about finding truth in our thoughts. Is this thought, she shouldn't be doing that, even true? No, it isn't. Of course, kids this age are going to throw fits. It's developmentally normal for a child to throw a fit and experience their big emotions in this way as they're figuring things out, figuring out how to communicate and how to respond to their emotions. Once we recognize that thinking, she shouldn't be doing this, and we, we can acknowledge this is a lie, and we can renounce it. We can out loud say, I renounce this lie. And then we can change it to truth. I like the thought, I've got this, or I have a plan and I know what to do. As you heard, I have a plan for fits. So thinking this makes me feel confident so I can implement my plan. My plan didn't just appear. I sat down and decided how I wanted to respond to fits and to whining. I made a plan and I tried it out and I changed the plan as needed. 
And I'll probably change the plan many times again as other kids come through this stage. And you can do that too. So when you're in that situation, you too can feel confident. It doesn't take very long. Schedule 15 minutes. And once you have a doable plan, you're going to feel much more empowered in parenting your littles. When she throws a fit and you think, I've got a plan, that confidence is going to wash over you. It's going to be such a different feeling than the frustration or annoyance or anger that you're used to feeling during a fit. And when you're coming from that confident place, you are going to implement your plan. And then your outcome is going to be that you're going to feel like, yeah, I did this. I handled this the way I wanted to. I'm doing this parenting thing in a way that brings God glory. The other thing I do teach littles at this age about their thoughts is I start to fill their minds with truth. We talk about how much Jesus loves them. We sing hymns and Christian church songs. We read spiritual books. We go through the Bible, teach them Bible stories and scripture. I try to keep the tone of our home charitable, peaceful. So the voices that they hear in their head are the same. I'm building a foundation where peace and his word are at the forefront of their thoughts. So it feels more natural to hear truth than the lies of the world. I'm far from perfect at this, but I try also for the media that they consume to bring them truth. Um, We are, as many of you probably are, we're resetting for Lent, but we often listen to Christian music on the radio. I listen to a beautiful song version of morning and evening prayer every day so that they, they can hear it. My littles don't have to sit through it necessarily, but I have it on in the home where they can hear morning and night prayer every day. When they watch TV, excuse me, I like it to be programming that is teaching them truth. And so, for example, my very favorite show for kids this age is Benjamin Cello. It's on Formed. And my kids, my littles, absolutely love it. It's a show created, produced, and performed by a Catholic family. It is full of music and faith. And that is absolutely what I want running through my their little brains. At this age, they seem to learn about their thoughts, but that doesn't mean we can't. I'm sorry, excuse me. At this age, it's hard to specifically teach our kids about their thoughts, but that doesn't mean that we can't intentionally lay foundations, keep their minds full of truth, model emotional regulation, teach them how to calm their stress responses. A little intentionality at this age goes a long way. So make a plan, Mama. You've got this. Because when we can help our kids take their thoughts captive for Christ, we're one step closer to living our lives worthy of the call we have received. I'm Christy Horsch. Thank you so much for joining me today. There is so much more in Behold. I hope you will check it out. My website is beholdyourlife.com. And I will see you next week where we're going to be talking about those, those bigger kids. And in the meantime, I will be praying for you. God bless.